I'm Pastor Brian Paulson, and this is The Message. Thank you for listening here in Libertyville, in Lake County, or all around the world. Center your heart now with the prayer for illumination, listen deeply to Holy Scripture, and get ready for God to deliver a word to you through the message by our associate pastor, the Reverend Amy Heinrich. Our first scripture reading for this morning is taken from a portion of the second and the 15th chapters of Exodus. Listen for the word of God. This is the story of Moses' birth. Now a man from Levi's household married a Levite woman. The woman became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She saw that the baby was healthy and beautiful, so she hid him for three months. When she couldn't hide him any longer, she took a reed basket and sealed it up with black tar. She put the child in the basket and set the basket among the reeds at the riverbank. The baby's older sister stood watch nearby to see what would happen to him. Pharaoh's daughter came down to bathe in the river. While her woman servants walked along beside the river, she saw the basket among the reeds. And she sent one of her servants to bring it to her. When she opened it, she saw the child. The boy was crying, and she felt sorry for him. She said, this must be one of the Hebrew children. Then the baby sister said to Pharaoh's daughter, would you like me to go and find one of the Hebrew women to nurse the child for you? Pharaoh's daughter agreed. Yes, do that. So the girl went and called the child's mother. Pharaoh's daughter said to her, take this child and nurse it for me and I'll pay you for your work. So the woman took the child and nursed it. After the child had grown up, she brought him back to Pharaoh's daughter, who adopted him as her own son. She named him Moses, because she said, I have pulled him out of the water. Now we will fast forward to the end of the story where we hear songs of victory by Moses and the prophet Miriam. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory. Horse and rider he threw into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my power. He has become my salvation. This is my God whom I will praise, the God of my ancestors whom I will acclaim. The Lord will rule forever and always. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and cavalry went into the sea, the Lord brought back the waters of the sea over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea over them on the dry ground. Then the prophet Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, all the women following her, playing tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang the refrain back to them, sing to the Lord for an overflowing victory, horse and rider he threw into the sea. Here ends our first reading. And our second scripture reading for this morning is taken from the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, verses 67 to 70. 
Listen once again for God's holy word. John's father, Zechariah, was filled with the Holy Spirit and prophesied, Bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in his servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of the holy prophets long ago. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, today we begin a new focus on Sing to God a New Song with our Follow Me curriculum. Our study starts with special attention on songs of freedom. Song has always been at the very heart of the Christian faith. For over 2,000 years, Christians have been singing their faith in very diverse ways. It has ranged from quiet, contemplative Gregorian chants or Benedictine songs of the Psalter, to the rousing spirituals and protest songs of struggle and resistance. From songs of anguishing lament to hand-clapping, foot-stomping gospel praise. From the stark, unstructured plainness of some Quaker songs to the sumptuous liturgical pageantry of Eastern Orthodoxy, from traditional hymns sung to the glory of the pipe organ, to amplified get-up-and-dance Christian rock music. Music is the perfect medium to capture the mystery and the breadth and depth of emotions of faith, from indescribable grief to unspeakable joy. Music like God, is ineffable, deeper than words. God is bigger than doctrines and transcends the most persuasive and passionate preaching. God is a mystery that bursts the boundaries of our human capacity to comprehend, but not to make music about. I think music begins with God. Pulsing rhythms vibrate throughout creation. Perhaps God sung creation into existence. God is the composer of the music of the spheres, to whose glory the stars sing and the angels of heaven chant. And God has created us to tune our ears, our lives, and our lips to the songs of radical grace and join the cosmic chorus of lament, longing, prayer and praise. Our Exodus story for today ends with singing and even more with dancing. Because of God's great deliverance, freedom at long last. But before we can skip to the singing, the jubilant joy with tambourine and dance, we must first understand the gut-wrenching reality that preceded it then we will know why they had so much to sing about. Let's not be naive about this story. There is a very dark side to this story. Every bit as frightening and bigoted as much of the fanatical religious and political rhetoric we hear in our country and in many places in the world today. The brutality and cruelty of this story is often overlooked. A royal appeal to violence against innocent Hebrew infants 
by the general population. What is often overlooked is how God surprisingly and subversively used Miriam and other women to shut the violence down. All male babies are to be cast into the Nile and drown. Moses has been hidden by his family in a papyrus basket in the reeds of the river to escape such fate. For the first time reader, the anxious question persists, what will happen to this innocent baby? Certainly Moses' family take precautions for his safety, but the risks are profound. When Miriam, the daughter of Pharaoh, discovers the child, our anxiety heightens. What will she do? As she discovers the Hebrew identity of the child, tension only grows. This is a very precarious situation indeed. Yet she has remarkable compassion. She suffers with the plight of this vulnerable child and conspires with Moses' sister to get his very own mother to nurse the child and even be paid for it out of Pharaoh's own coffers. Three daughters bring this son from death to life. Their courageous act of civil disobedience serves to diffuse the threat for all other Hebrew sons. Astonishing. God uses the most unlikely means to undo the powers of domination and death to bring liberation and life. Princess Miriam could have been an obedient and good daughter, enjoying all the privileges of royalty and closing her heart, eyes, and ears to the shadow side of power the heinous plan to kill all Hebrew baby boys, a chilling policy of ethnic cleansing. It would be understandable for her to want to defend her own father. After all, she was on the beneficial side of this injustice. But Miriam's obedience belongs to a higher authority, God. Her faith in God's love, which knows no bounds, enables her to see all as part of her family. In God, there is neither slave nor free, Jew nor Greek. We are all one. Miriam's courageous and calm compassion toward the child and the commitment to long-term non-compliance with her father's brutal decree constitutes a public demonstration of the bankruptcy of his policies. Holy ironies abound. Pharaoh's chosen vehicle of destruction, the Nile, is the very means for saving Moses. The daughters are allowed to live, and it is they who now thwart the Pharaoh's evil plans. The mother saves Moses by following Pharaoh's orders with her own twist. Miriam, a member of Pharaoh's own family, undermines his policies, saving the very person who would leave Israel out of Egypt and destroy the dynasty. Egyptian royalty heeds a Hebrew girl's advice. The mother gets paid to do what she wanted to do most of all, and from the Pharaoh's own budget to boot. 
Moses is educated to be an Israelite leader, strategically placed within the very court of the Pharaoh. Princess Miriam gives him a name, which means, I drew him out, which reveals more than she ever knew. What she has done for Moses, Moses will do for all the people of Israel, draw them out of oppression. Of what importance is this ironic mode? It reveals how God can flip the status quo on its very head, reversing the order of things. As the Apostle Paul puts it in 1 Corinthians, God chooses what the world deems as weak, low and despised to shame the strong. God's ways are not our ways. Rather than using power as, as it is usually exercised in the world, God works through persons who have apparently no power. In fact, they are the least likely candidates for the job. In our story for today, God chooses three women in a patriarchal culture. God takes a risk by calling women to be crucial agents of liberation. They could easily fail and God would have to start all over again, but they prove highly effective against the ruthless forms of systemic power. God's mission for the future of the children of Israel rests squarely on the shoulders of one of its helpless sons, a baby in a fragile basket. Who would ever believe that God's salvific plan would depend on this? Yet, as Christians, we can believe it because we know another story, how God chose another vulnerable baby boy to save us from the ways of sin and death and destruction and bless us with life, love, and liberation. This is what Zechariah sings about in our gospel lesson for today. He proclaims, bless the Lord God of Israel because he has come to help and has delivered his people. He has raised up a mighty savior for us in his servant David's house, just as he said through the mouths of the holy prophets long ago. The story of Moses functions as a paradigm for the story of Jesus. There is a fundamental continuity in the way God works in the lives of both Moses and Jesus for the preservation and redemption of life. They are both agents of liberation from all that would enslave. As we listen to the news today, it can be tempting to despair. There is so much mistrust, distortion of the truth, and fear of the one we label other. And when fear is armed by so many with guns, there is a real potential for violence, as we have just witnessed again, with tragic mass shootings in California and the brutal beating and death of Tyre Nichols in Memphis. But do not despair. To despair is to give evil too much power. 
It fails to see the way God is acting. God is at work in clever and clandestine ways, even through folks like you and me. God always sends helpers of hope and healing. God heard Moses' cry, and God heard the people of Israel's cry when they were in bondage and treated like immigrant slaves. God's ironic mode fosters a sense of hope amid situations in which God appears to be absent. But what seems to be hopeless is actually filled with all kinds of possibilities, but it takes faith to see them. What the book of Hebrew calls the conviction of things not seen, to perceive that God is indeed at work. Our God sides with those who are oppressed and distressed in body and soul. Our God hears our cries and sends unlikely candidates to be agents of liberation for our rescue. God has placed a song in our souls. And when we sing, we replace fear with faith, doubts with dreams, stress with blessedness. Singing has an amazing power to help us rise above the fray and keep on keeping on. Recently, I listened to a New York Times podcast about desperate immigrants willing to risk their lives traveling through the perilous Darien Gap in hopes of getting to the United States. With mountains, intense mud, fast-running rivers, and thick rainforest jungles. The Darien Gap is a strip of terrain connecting South and Central America, and it is one of the most dangerous places on the planet. The story followed that of a Venezuelan mother and her six-year-old daughter, Sarah, who got separated from each other, and how a very kind man played the rescuing role of Miriam. He literally carried Sarah the little girl on his back through the deep waters with mud up to his thighs and up steep mountain climbs, slipping and sliding. And what did he do? And what did so many other heroic parents carrying their children on their backs do? Sing! It took my breath away as I listened to the recordings of children singing with their escorts in hopes of liberation from poverty and persecution. We are carried, literally, on angels' backs, and we are spiritually carried by grace to sing in the most dire of circumstances. God might call us to play the role of Miriam or the man in the Darien Gap. Oh, we probably won't have to do something as dramatic and as physical. It may be more like those from our church who recently joined Lake County United to testify on behalf of those in need of affordable housing before the Village of Libertyville Board. Or it may be in giving financial support to Brian Stevenson's Equal Justice Initiative, which helps the poor, incarcerated, and falsely condemned. 
or it could be in supporting Ukrainian refugees, or volunteering at PADS, Feed My Starving Children, or our mobile food pantry, or getting involved with our Committee on Anti-Racism and Equity, and so much more. There are countless ways to help carry someone from crushing burdens to hope and freedom. God heard the cries of our spiritual ancestors, the Hebrews, when they were in bondage and called them forth from slavery to freedom. God hears the cries of black slaves and those who march for civil rights and are still fighting for freedom today. God hears the cries of the millions and millions of refugees fleeing tyranny and oppression. God hears the cries of the Iranian women and men protesting brutal repression and execution. God hears the cries of the Ukrainians and the innocent victims of gun violence. And God hears our cries, moving in an often hidden and holy way to deliver us from bondage too. And like the Hebrews who were tempted to despair and go back to slavery, we must choose to take steps forward that lead to life, trusting that God is at work even when we can't see it. The story of deliverance of the Hebrews from slavery in Egypt sets a pattern for God's interaction with God's people. God seeks to set God's people free, free from sin and idolatries that hold a person or a culture in bondage to the past and free from the powers that oppress. This pattern is seen throughout Scripture and is most powerfully expressed in the redeeming work of Jesus Christ. God's grace gives us the energy to keep singing and keep our feet moving in the right direction. Miriam delivers Moses, and Moses delivered the Hebrews away from their Egyptian masters. With Pharaoh's soldiers in hot pursuit, before the refreshing breeze of freedom even had a chance to cool the sweat off their brow, the people become afraid and cry out, Oh, we were better off before! Change is more frightening than the gift of new life. Just as the attic promises to live clean, yet the seduction to return to a familiar yet destructive way becomes even more alluring. Moses answers the people with the words of the prophets and angels, Do not be afraid. Stand firm and see the deliverance that the Lord will accomplish for you today. God has not abandoned or forgotten you. God is out in front, leading the way, saying, Keep moving. Follow me. Don't look back. I will deliver you but you need to take steps forward to discover the promised land. May we learn from our ancestors who never stop singing and believing in the dream that God's freedom is God's intention and gift. We need to look below the surface in the hidden but holy places and see where God is acting and align ourselves with God's mission. Sometimes we literally have to look below the ground. Did you know that Lake County 
had a pivotal role in the Underground Railroad? When we learn of such an inspiring story of faith and courage, when we discover that we can overcome one day, our hearts really have something to sing about. We can join Miriam and dance for joy. The dance belongs to everyone who has been set free by God from the tomb of death for the liberation to new life. Amen. Thank you for listening on our podcast or through our YouTube playlist of sermons. Be sure to forward this message to someone who you believe is seeking God's word today.